you know, life after internet launch, Paul. Yeah, I'm hitting 18 to 12. Cool. <laughs> I just wanted to check what in. What are you laughing at over there? I'm mad. I mean, like, you know, if I ask you, you know, about life after launch. <gasps> life after launch. Spot on accent. <laughs> Welcome back to the Unilead Podcast. I'm your host, Paul Seda. Today, we are joined by Matt Boyd, Caitlin Noriyama, and Sanika Gentles, who's a CSM here at Unilead. Hi, Sanika. Hi, Paul. How are but you? I'm doing super well now that you're here. Uh, we actually, you're, you're a CSM here at Unilead. Um, we're going to talk a little bit that in the mo about that a little bit in we're going to talk about that a little bit in a moment uh, <laughs> when we introduce the topic. But I, I just want to say Sanika is one of my best friends here at Unily. I'm thrilled to have Aww. her. Um, she's energetic, thoughtful, um, wealth of experience. We're going to have some really good stuff. So, so welcome. Um, I did want to do a little bit of housekeeping beforehand. We got some positive feedback about the podcast. I won't name names, but I'm sure this person is watching. Uh, <laughs> One of the salespeople came to me and she told me that one of the, the customers she's working with uh, who's looking to adopt Unily um, said that this is one of the highlights of her week. You heard that right, folks. One of the highlights of her week. She looks forward to it. The entire week? Are we talking the entire Sunday to week. Sunday? Oh, okay. The entire week. So we're, th <laughs> we're thrilled about that. Um, thank you for being the one that watches. We're so grateful. Um, you must be watching it um, fairly consistently and over and over again. <laughs> the one that watches. You're the one. The You're one. the one who's watching. You are that and we one. we appreciate you. We see you in uh, Analog. <laughs> the true no. sign of the popularity of the podcast will be when we start getting trolled. <laughs> yeah, no, oh. I'm, I'm waiting for troll comments. I'm waiting for yes. troll comments. I'm, I'm, I, I welcome you to all you trolls out there in the universe. Bring it on. Um, <laughs> no, please don't. <laughs> but anyway, I, I wanted to actually start, ask everyone how their week was, what they have going on uh, in their lives, any any good books, good movies, good TV shows. Matt, what what's going on in your world? Um, I'm really late to the party, but I have recently discovered House. Got it. Start counting. How many? 26. Okay, either you suck at math or you're gonna die in two seconds. You suck at math. Wait. Yeah, I'm not gonna get like. Yeah, House is the show. show. No, that's okay. House. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, Welcome oh to my 10 God. years ago. Are you ago. now? I was just gonna say, are <laughs> you now watching House? <laughs> things get things get to the UK very slowly. Wow. Prob oh, probably amazing. because of that ship stuck in the Suez Canal. That must be <laughs> blocking. blocking. The, that's what the, the ship stops of the show. Yeah. <laughs> and that <laughs> reference that reference is gonna be dated very quickly on this show. Um, by the time this comes out, they might have cleared it out. But if you're unsure, you can go to to isitstillstuck.com. This is a real website. You can go there and check if that ship is still stuck in the Suez Canal. Is it still suck, stuck? Stuck.com. <laughs> uh, why, why are you enjoying House so much? Oh, man. It's honestly his... Um, do you know what? It's really, it's really cool to watch really intelligent people work. 
you know, solving problems. It's like amazing, you know. I, Aww. you know, it's um, it's just like that part of it. I think is the most interesting for me. Like he's like a certified genius, going out there fixing problems, much like many of the Unilever staff. Plug, plug. There it is. See, I was gonna say like Sherlock Holmes or. or <laughs> Uh, Monk was the other show in the US. Oh, love Monk. Yeah. Love Monk. <laughs> Good. Well, Matt, we're all glad you discovered House. Uh, keep you. us abreast of. Two of, decades of... later, but. Whatever. Right. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> tomato, tomato. Welcome <laughs> like... to 1998. <laughs> Caitlin, what's what going everyone's... on? Well, yeah, I was going to say everybody's been doing that the whole year, right? We've all been catching up on shows. Like, I started watching, um, oh my gosh, and now it just went out of my head the Calista Flockhart. Ally McBeal. I watched Ally McBeal wow. in the past year. I mean, like, what? that is way old. Yeah, I was like, yeah, now as a professional huh. woman, maybe I can relate to this. I think that's um, so interesting, the nostalgia of it all. How it was yeah, looking, for looking that. at 90s. A more innocent 90s time. stuff. I yes. think it was 90s. Um, yeah. I started reading a book that a colleague sent me called <gasps> Wherever You Go, There You Are about mindfulness. And Aww. yeah. <laughs> And by and Paul, it was Paul actually. Paul sent it to me. <laughs> I was just going to say that. Did, did Paul send you a book? Yeah, Paul did send I am not. I haven't been good about reading. Um, reading. I've watched a lot of TV, but not reading. So I'm very uh, excited about getting through that. I am so glad to hear that. Um, there's going to be a quiz on it at the end of the podcast. <laughs> yeah, this is, it was actually. Um, so, so be ready. That's great. Be ready. It's coming. What about you, Sanika? What do you have going on? Um, Many things, many things. I feel like um, one of my shows that I'm really falling back in love to is The Good Fight. Oh, I don't know it. Oh, my gosh. It, it was like a spinoff from The Good Wife. It's a lawyer show. Is it you, with it, Christine Baranski? I don't know her real name. I'm going to look it up now. <laughs> like, <laughs> don't... I hardly even remember the characters' names. It's just not my thing. Like, <laughs> so I've gotten into the good fight. Um, loving my Audible book at the moment, um, which is the path. It's actually I have it in printed form, the path forward or the gift of Sundays. So it, it forces me to actually walk now because it's like I can't listen to it unless I go to walk. So it's like, good, do you want to get through the book? Go walk. So reading and watching the good fight. You know, in my mind, I'm a lawyer. <laughs> <laughs> so the theme today is a, is a fun one um, and Sanika was perfect for it because we're talking life after launch. So we're talking launch of your internet, of your digital workplace, of your employee experience platform, whatever you call it, however you're using that platform, you know, we want to talk about what happens after that. Um, and I thought it was perfect for Sanika because CSMs, the customer success managers here at Unily, are really the people responsible for shepherding our customers uh, through life after launch at Unily. Um, Sanika, tell us a little bit about the customer success role, if you could, I, I just in case uh, people aren't familiar with it. Yeah, so the customer success role here at Unily, I always see it as like, we are your strategic partners. Right. So after launch, we're looking at your intranet um, holistically and how we can help you drive those initiatives and objectives that you initially had for launch. But in addition, establish new goals. And what are your success metrics? What is your overall vision? So we meet sometimes on a monthly cadence, quarterly to discuss not only new features, but like the true balance between strategy and, you know, being able to pivot, especially in 2020. Right. We saw that really right. come alive where your customers 
customer success manager was able to help drive um, not only adoption, because when everyone went to remote working, everyone needed to look at the internet, right? But um, really help drive engagement. And how are we doing that? What is our strategy? How are we implementing the right features and making the proper assessments via your analytics to, you know, encourage users to not only sign in, but engage and contribute in certain aspects. So customer success is your holistic strategic partner um, in a way. Love it, love it, love it. Um, And and we're going to pepper one concept through in throughout this podcast, I think. Um, What it's like after launch when you're in the cloud, when you use a, a, a cloud provider, you know, internet as a service kind of deal, where literally you're paying a subscription and someone hooks you up with some software, right? Um, and a lot of it is pre-built and you're just doing some configuration on it versus an on-premise life after launch. I come from the world of on-premise and by on-premise, we mean you installed it yourselves, you're managing it yourselves as a company, you're doing all the upgrades yourselves and you've probably nine times out of 10 done some customization. You usually heavy customization on it. That is actually um, where I made my bones in this space is is doing all that. So we'll pepper that throughout because it is with a customer success manager at Unily, it's a very different experience because the platform is ready made and it's evergreen and it's being updated all the time. Um, that is very different from when you're kind of um, rolling your own kind of uh, internet yeah. if you will, or digital workplace. Excellent. And I think, you know, there's yeah. that's really interesting, Paul, because I think that's actually for me was like you know one of the biggest risks is going it alone because you actually it's you know the CSMs you know at Unily and everybody at Unily that interacts with customers are delivering an outsider's input and perspective on the problems and the challenges you're facing and you know in the same way that we don't design design our product in isolation. We partner with various different people, you know, clients, um, you know, our internal teams, you know, I don't think you necessarily are going to get the best outcome time and time again when you face a challenge, if you're not bringing an outsider's distance perspective on the challenge you're facing. And I think on top of, you know, being a strategic partner, uh, you know, having somebody from an outside perspective bringing fresh eyes to a problem can help give you a bit of clarity that you don't always get working. Yeah. No, it's a, it's a valid point. It's a valid point. Um, You know, and how about that, Sonique? I mean, you work across a lot of customers, so you are kind of bringing lessons learned from that experience. What are some things that you carry to you to each customer um, that are the same? Because there's obviously going to be differences. But what are some of the best lessons that you carry or, or the messages you try to reinforce with them customer to customer? So customer to customer, I always. So one thing as a senior CSM, I think it's beautiful that we're able to manage enterprise clients. But during my tenure here at Unily, I was able to manage both, you know, small and medium sized clients in various industries. So something that we always talk about is that content strategy, right? And, you know, discussing how are we really managing the content? And are there additional stakeholders throughout the business contributing to the internet? And do you, what is your governance plan, right? Have, do have, is that really outlined properly? And how can we, how can we help influence that in a way that, you know, knowledge is shared if, you know, people from the project team has transitioned into other areas of the business and really um, helping you really think of content more, more or less your 
your driver, right? That's the right. engine behind your intranet is your content in addition to additional stakeholders. Yeah. And Caitlin actually at one point in her life at Unily was also a CSM. Did, did you have messages, lessons learned, things that you took with you regardless uh, of the customer size or industry or, or uh, any differences between them? Yeah. I mean, I th- well, I think something that was uh, every single customer has in common is um, that I, well, and I mentioned it actually in the pre-sale side now too, is one of the best things you can do to set yourself up for success is to get executive stakeholder buy-in yeah. and awareness um, to set every to set the project team and the people who are championing it um, up for success. So that regardless of the the product or the software or um, the problem that you're solving, you need to get that top. You do have to get the top level buy-in and support um, so that they're aware of what's going on, they can make decisions quickly or empower you to make decisions about like technology decisions or configuration yeah. decisions. Um, and then, uh, and then also be promoting it into like teasing it and then promoting it once it's launched. So, um, that was something that I, I saw as a kind of across the board, regardless of sector or size, you have to do it to get to be successful. Um, and then I think, the other thing too is what's what was always like a common thing, which probably I also think is probably agnostic of Unily. Um, it's it's probably other applications too, but uh, like branding and name. <laughs> I mean, with internets, it, <laughs> with internet specifically, I think the the whole like the persona of the internet itself has a lot yeah. to do with the with the URL and the name of it and the logo and branding. But um, I think that extends to other things too. But getting that that was always a a tough decision. I think we've we've talked about that on other. Um, podcasts yeah. too and episodes yeah. but do you know it's funny neither of you mentioned technological things as kind of the messages that you carry across customer to customer um, and I'm you know, curious why that is I, yeah so I always have this funny analogy about Unily I feel like it's the arranged marriage between the communications and marketing team and IT that no one saw coming Like, I think everyone that's in the know, (laughs) everyone that's in the know knows that, yes, we will be working together on this project. But sometimes when you don't have the proper resources in place, it's like, wait, when did we get married? How did I get here? Um, (laughs) Why do I need my IT resource? By the way, if you're asking yourself that question... Uh, why, why? When did we get married? Um, talk to someone soon. <laughs> I know. You're in trouble. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> this is true. But I think from like a technical standpoint, usually after, during the onboarding stage, the right resources are in place and they know exactly what they're managing after launch. Right. So if they need to mod- make any modifications, we can always go back to that resource. And I always say that that's a more that's an inclusive conversation. Right. So they come to their CSM first and we talk about the strategy and the best use cases. And then we loop in that resource because sometimes they're not necessarily needed in the day-to-day world. Um, And then for other use cases um, of their internet, then they're heavily involved. So it's not a requirement from, you know, across. Go ahead, Caitlin. I'm sorry. No, I was, I just was from the technology standpoint too, I guess. um, There are a lot of consistencies in terms of when you're talking about technology decisions too, from a. Like, what are we going to integrate with perspective oh, too? Because that's okay. always like very political. And like, yes. whilst yes. one person thinks it's, um, while one person thinks something's critical, other people might say it's not. But there, yeah. what's really interesting from a technology decision standpoint is that that's another thing, regardless of size and sector. Like, I'll say the big technology players are almost 
always in the mix when we're talking about launching and, <laughs> and life after launch when yeah. we're talking about like the um this is not a promotion by the way side note but um or the work days of the world like the <laughs> yeah. work days the SAPs yeah. the the Salesforce the micro, Microsoft Google Workplace yeah. like especially I see in West US right with like the big tech companies using mm. using Google so um all of that is kind of like almost assumed I think but after a launch when What's interesting, it's less about like, like most of the core technology seems to stay in place. Yes. Sometimes when yeah. you make a big, sh- when you're talking about big things like a CRM or productivity yeah. suite, like we're, if somebody's switching from Salesforce to Dynamics, for example, yeah, those are like you're the, partnering with your CSM. Yeah. To how how in the world are we going to make this big shift? And how, <laughs> how are we, we going to do like, it? Do we need a, a deep integration in the internet? Do we, or how do we move this integration over to that one? Do we yeah. want it as a single sign on link or something? Those are all like very common. So I'm yeah. actually going to give Matt and his team credit here because I think what actually happens, and and the answer is Paul's right on this one. No, he's not right. <laughs> the answer is I actually think a lot of the stuff, a lot of the stuff is already there in terms yeah. of technology, and I think. I mean, Matt, you you can talk a little bit about how you guys maybe come up with use cases, but it feels like we try to anticipate what customers are looking to do so that it's already in the product and you don't have to Mm. spin your wheels on that, which may not be the case if you're building from the ground up. I mean, I I don't know. How do you anticipate our customers' needs or are you throwing darts (laughs) at a wall? No, I mean, hey, the goal is always to be ahead of the requirements for our customers. You know, we want to have the answer to the problem the the moment they turn to their CSM and say, hey, my business is facing a new problem. What can you guys do to help? Um, We want to have that that solution pre-packaged, you know, go to the store, install this, you know, this little plugin, this little app that we've built for you. And boom, turn it on. It's 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 up and running. It's it's good to go. I guess, um, you know, for me personally, and you know, I'd be interested to know, you know, from Sonika how true this is, having been out of the customer <laughs> facing the customer game loop. for a while. <laughs> yeah, it's been a little while. It's been a little while. Um, but for me, I feel like once you go live with the internet, yeah it can be very easy to get, you know, very focused and stuck on the day-to-day, like pushing out your communications, helping somebody set up their site or encouraging people to maintain their their kind of pages, um, you know, reviewing old content and Mm -hmm. and all those kind of general activities that, you know, because it does take time and effort to maintain a high-quality intranet. And I feel like sometimes those ideas, those big ideas, like, you know, in six months after the launch, we're going to integrate our CRM. We've got a CRM program going on and, yeah. uh, you know, then we're going to integrate it. And I guess for me, I kind of wonder, you know, how much does the CSM actually um, play the role of, oh, you're ready to do that six months down the line? Or how much does the CSM actually have to remind them? I know that you're maintaining your internet. Did you oh. remember six months ago when you told yeah. me you wanted to do the CRM thing? Well, <laughs> really we should still do that, right? Do no, you do that, Tanika? Do I was going to say, too? actually, what's really interesting enough is when you build a relationship with the client. See, before I was talking more about technical resources, and now that we're talking more technology and you know integrations and things like that, once that relationship is built, they come to us and we have those conversations 
conversations around now that we've solved this problem, right, via out of the box configuration, have you considered bringing in an integration? Mm. Have you, and I actually prompt those questions, right? Are you using a mm-hmm. CRM internally right now? What we want to do is make your intranet your single source of truth. We want your users to come here instead of having three or four tabs open and so many different apps and tools. What can we, how can we unify that experience? So what happens is we have like, again, back to those like reports, right? So we're looking at your analytics and showing you what your users are doing. And it's in those conversations that we say, hey, we have these new features in the feature store that I actually think would be really great for your instance. Because I see that you're using another tool such as, again, this is not a promotion, but ServiceNow or something like that. And we think that it would be very um, useful seeing that your IT page gets so so much traction for resources, right? So we actually prompt those conversations. And sometimes a client comes to us and say, we're considering this product. What are your thoughts? Well, we have a lot of those questions. Really? Uh, they yeah. ask you what you yes. think of, of another product? Yeah. And do we think it would integrate seamlessly? And what do we um, think would be the best experience, being that their users are already um, pretty much engaged with their internet? Or See, that- I bet, like, I bet too, what I remember coming up to is we have this department right, who's mm-hmm. considering some, especially at a big organization where you have people acting in such silos. Yeah. We just found out like that this department's considering uh, like a, a recognition tool or something. Yes, mm. it happens all the time. But, and we want to onboard them into Unily or, you know, or something like, can we, this is exactly the use case that they have. Can you solve yeah. for it? And then I think too, it's, you know, it's um, adapting to you have to be flexible sometimes if you're making the commitment to use cloud technology or software as a service not just cloud but more software as a service like you have to flex your requirements a little bit to fit right. more oh, to be absolutely. out of the box. Yeah. Absolutely. So, I think that happens all the time where um, a client says that, listen, I open, I open an RFP for this. And I say that, hey, this is actually functionality that's within the product, right? Yes. And more often than not, what, I, what we have to establish is maybe your route from A to Z won't be the exact same way, but I'll get you to A to Z. And it may be a little simpler than you initially thought, right? So we mm. always walk through those different workflows. And I think that's one of the best things about Unily that I, you know, hats off to the product that it's highly configurable, that a lot of things are out of the box and a feature that was built to do X can also do Y and Z. So I'll I'll tell you a little bit. I, I think it's kind of interesting to me what the things, how quickly we can, you said something this, Anika, a customer came to you said, we're going to have to do an RFP for this. And you're like, you know, that's in Unily, right? Like you already <laughs> own that kind of, you have yeah. it, let me show it to you. By the way, you already paid for that. <laughs> yeah, you, you've got that. It's included. Because <laughs> um, in the in the on-prem custom days, again, I, mm-hmm. I, I made a very good living doing that. I'm grateful for it. It's what brought me to Unily. <laughs> but I remember some of my most like mission critical things being our CEO in a month wants us to, to, to be able to roll out a campaign for the town hall he's doing and, and an action he's doing a month, mind you. Yeah. Uh, and some actions they're undertaking to let people know that this is going on. Can we possibly figure out a way to meet that timeline? Whereas like customers today, they switch their homepage 
you know, by clicking a button, they pre-build it out. They take a couple days to play around with it. They shop it around and then they hit the button and that's their new homepage. I'm telling you, it took like a team of 10 people in the old days to change your homepage in anticipation (laughs) of something that was happening a month out, right? Like that's a big, big difference. So I, I think it's instructive of how much things have changed that, Yes, the technology is there to support it, but I also think the expectation is the technology has to has to do that. And that's why I'm happy to say f- for us, I think it's less about can the technology do this and more about who do we need and what do they need to do um, so that we can be as efficient as possible to get back to our lives um, prior to, to this kind of emergency. Which brings me to the question of a roadmap. So we have a roadmap as a product. Yeah. But I know we also advocate our customers having internal roadmaps. Sanika, what's your experience with the internal roadmap and, and yes. what do you talk to customers about? Absolutely. I think I think in order to have a successful internet, I think it has three major drivers, right? You have your vision statement, you have your success goals, which have their own individual metrics, and then you have your roadmap. Because at times, just because the product has released a feature, you know, Q1 of 2020, your your um, audience may not be ready for that at this current time, right? We already had something else scheduled that maybe were, was launched a little bit later in the year. And we also want to align it with those culture initiatives that the organization has going on. So we look at it from more holistically, right? Again, thinking about what's best for your organization and your users and how is the product supporting it. So our roadmap is amazing. We have all the great features, but ultimately we want to make sure that we're empowering your intranet and moving those cultural initiatives forward, moving those like, you know, metrics to the forefront of the conversation. So they have their own roadmap that it's included content. It includes technology, like Caitlin was talking about a little bit earlier, you know, those implementations. And then we look at features and how are those features um, amplifying that? No, brilliant. Absolutely. Uh, and I think yeah, go ahead, that, man. Yeah, that, that's the, the kind of thing I was alluding to before. Like, you know, it's not just a stream of, of technology evolution. And, you know, that's, uh, I guess, in my mind is, is the point I was making before about the strategy portion that, you know, partnering with an organization or having like an external partner really brings into the mix is that focus on strategy and saying, yeah. well, you know, we we set this roadmap, you know, at the start of the project. Let's see where we got to. Okay, well, we didn't proceed with the CRM piece that we talked about after six yeah. months, but with good reason, we weren't ready. Um, now we're moving on to this piece of work. Is this proceeding? And it helps, you know, and that's, a, you know, the thing I, I was thinking as well, like, you know, our customers, you know, after launch, just getting bogged down in the day to day and how the CSMs help to keep them strategically focused because obviously this is long-term investment right the the challenge that we've always had in the industry for internal communications and and intranet solutions is solution churn you get kind of five years down the line you've got some battered old (laughs) (laughs) no and also (laughs) and also like it's 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 interesting to see how that roadmap at launch changes significantly based on the data right we review analytics with you pretty frequently from monthly to quarterly and we help you make those data-driven decisions right because what you thought would be amazing would be the driver on your intranet at launch may not be the same in q1 or you know a year later and it's important that we are looking at that again 
again from a strategic standpoint to say we need to pivot. We yeah. need to we need to pivot. We need to touch base with our audience because some of these the initial IA is no longer relevant, right? And that inf- right. that information architecture is no longer serving your audience, and we need to make changes immediately. And I think Caitlin and I see that in the sales process too. Like they come to us, they tell us what they're thinking, and we're like, "Yeah, that's fine, but you may not. That may not be what you want six, eight months, a year out." I mean, go yeah. ahead, Kate. I, I don't mean. To no, no. I I was actually I I totally. It, it's yeah. Those con- our conversations at the timeline of it, right? Yeah. If you're looking at from the the time they start uh, investigating like different solutions that are going to meet their need to the time that they're like a year post launch, like. The aspirations, you know, are are totally going to evolve. But I was thinking too with, I mean, the thing, and this isn't just plugging our customer success model, but the thing that I like about our customer success team too is that we are not solely focused like a lot of CSMs are with with SaaS solutions on we got to hit this engagement number. We got to hit this session count and dwell time (laughs) because it's so variable among customers because they all have different and unique success criteria. And that's what makes, I think, a good success manager is you're not going to have, you're not going to have a generic conversation every month or quarter or end of year about, I really like that you had this many clicks on this page because (laughs) it's going to be really different because they have different internal comms goals or app goals and integration or experience goals and stuff. So um, those are the conversations I think that like make the proactive relationship really like powerful yeah. or successful. Yeah. I'd, I'd agree. And and it's, so again, I, I'll, I'll talk back to a, a, a simpler time uh, long ago <laughs> when I first got into this. Long ago where, when I was a boy. <laughs> <laughs> when I was a young, immature pup. Um, you would take three to six months to like, build a PowerPoint deck of what it is we need, what our plan is for the next year, what our plan, what our three-year plan is for, for the internet. And it's amazing how many customers that we talk to or prospects we talk to are still in that mindset. I have to almost like do an intervention with them. I have to be like, Hey, listen, you don't need to plan this far ahead for some of this stuff because it's kind of easy to just switch your homepage. You don't have a, have to have a, a milestone on your thing that says one year out, we're going to really, really undertake heavy development work on our on our homepage, right? Yeah. You can get, you know, it's funny, you can get with, with the model that we have, you can get simultaneously much more strategic and high level and much more tactical. You're not in this nebulous in-between world where you lay out these goals and you're like, that's what we're going to do a year from now. You're going to find that a lot of things you had to plan for, someone's going to come to you and you're going to do it on the fly. Yeah. Um, so I think I think life after launch now in a lot of ways is much more critical because you don't need to have all that stuff pl- mapped out day one because you can make the change on the fly. Matt's nodding furiously. Yeah, yeah. yeah it is. Yeah, it's, 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 you know, it's easy because but I think that's what people forget or that it's very easy for us to forget is that the technology now is advanced enough that it makes it makes that um you know, that change, that, um, you know, that agility incredibly possible, right? You know, people can make really rapid decisions and make very um, big changes to to modern internet platforms, um, you know, once they've made the right decision. And actually the advancement of the technology is, 
is that absolutely crucially underpins the ability for us to be strategic and to take the time to analyze all that data and make those informed decisions. And, um, you know, because at the end of the day, once we're ready and once we know what the answer is or what the next change is, it's one, two, three clicks of a button to make that happen. And that, you know, that really, I think is, is one of the the best things about where we are now in terms of internet technology today yeah. the tools are so powerful yeah. strategy yeah. can take take the lead well and it, it makes me laugh too because in the old days just gathering the data was yeah. like a major <laughs> thing and you didn't get the like you weeks, had to wait 24 weeks. hours to get your data maybe a week yeah and then like people who are really sophisticated be like yeah we've really got this down monthly we're able to move our data into an analytics environment where we can actually look at what happened last month and I'm, I laugh, and this is so snooty. I apologize. I know I come across as just like the snobbiest person <laughs> ever. Snob. Thank you. <laughs> and but I'm like, yeah, the analytics are there. You know, just refresh the page, and the newest views come through. And they're like, what? I'm like, yeah, no, seriously, just do a quick search, and then refresh the page, and you'll see that it yes. came up. You know, in the analytics. Get out of here. I go, yeah. Like you don't have to, you don't have to plan an entire <laughs> two week yeah. period for moving the data from one system to another so that you can run your reports, even things like that. Like it just, it moves so much more quickly. Um, that's I a have, really good point, Matt. Go ahead, Kate. I have a question too, just going off of that topic of like kind of the agility that you get with, with solutions like, like this or any of the like most modern technology, right? Yeah. Um, even though, and Sneak, I'm curious your thoughts on this, like even though, the, the platform is so agile and you can make those fast changes. Did you run into, or do you run into, because I did mm-hmm. with customers, there is still a lot of um, bureaucracy and yes. layers you have to go through for approval for changes, particularly on like high visibility areas or things that are going to, as, as it should be, like it, yeah. things that are going to impact a large population of people. Um Right down to like even little container spaces on the homepage. Like, well, that oh team boy. owns this and <laughs> oh this boy. team owns that. So if yes. I shift this from the upper right to the lower left, not yes. cool or below the fold. <laughs> so like even though it's such an agile platform Product. where you can mm-hmm. make quick, quick changes, how do you see today? Like what are the trends with customers um, and how quickly they are able to make those changes? Are they actually able to take it to be that agile even with the... You know what's interesting? I, I, oddly enough, I want to say in this last year, it's gotten a lot better. It's gotten cool. a lot better. Yeah. Prior to the bureaucracy, I would like you said the bureaucracy kept like holding it down. Like you were, ha- you know, you were tied at the hands in the sense where you came up with these great ideas as a project team, and then you fed it back to different stakeholders, and then it couldn't move forward, right? Because mm-hmm. someone didn't like the color, or think one thing needs to be moved up or moved down, and ultimately the time, the change management timeline you know, affected the the success of that change, right? Because mm-hmm. by the time we got out of the meeting after meeting around it, it was no longer as relevant as it would be if we'd have made it that change, let's say for an upcoming quarter or holiday or things like that. But now given like, I wanna say 2020 actually made everyone realize that all of this redlining, it, it slows things up. It slows things up. It's slowing up everyone's productivity. So actually in this last year, I've seen that change management process really shrink to to one or two people, one or two, three, like I would say a handful of people in the organization, right? Mm-hmm. So all, so as much as the product can make these quick changes, what they're doing is saying, okay, I'll meet with 
I'll meet with our stakeholders, right? I'll meet with our executive board that says a yes or no. And that turnaround happens a lot more faster now prior to. So, you yeah. know, That's good interesting, things yeah. out of the pandemic. Yeah, yeah no, yeah. it seems like people are finally get it. And, and that was the thing is like when I was in delivery or the onboarding, you know, uh, I used to bang my head against the wall. And I'm like, you don't need to set up a meeting two weeks from now to make a decision on this one point. Like literally change it, take a screenshot, change it back, take another screenshot, send it and go, I'm going with this one unless I hear back from you in the next 15 minutes because I want to keep it moving, right? Um, <laughs> well, we also come from, like, we just... work in a... Is it our generation? Is well, no, it... We, I think it's our company. Like we work in an agile company. Like we we make yeah. changes frequently. We make them fast. Yeah. We, we've, yeah. we fix forward a lot. So like it's also a cultural thing too, I think, from company to company you have like um like old school corporate mentality sometimes where like you know there's yeah procedural layers that have to happen <laughs> for everything cuz even sometimes i know um the question would come up in in customer success conversations when a new feature was released well infosec needs to review that first before oh, we yeah. can talk about introducing it yeah. or um you know where it's like not really cuz you already approved the the whole platform like they already yeah. did that it's so, like no 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 but no, we do. But, so you have but to, to play devil's advocate managers to yeah. support that model if they have it but i have seen executive sponsors definitely become more agile with like accepting features and understanding like the entire infrastructure of the product right where infosec really used to be like a real barrier where it's like wait we have to see what you know um risk or concerns that may be around this implementation they go oh wait no we have this you know this agreement in place with unily and we understand that the security procedures that unily takes then absolutely let's see let's let's move forward with this what is the prerequisites right um so i have seen a real change actually in how things have moved in this last year okay so let, let's let's bring it back which is life after after launch what are the most important things you need to do post-launch right so you've gone live yeah right you went through the stress of that and when i say post-launch i'm usually talking like the first week or two because you're gonna have to make some very quick adjustments usually that's been my experience customers need to make some changes very rapidly because people saying i can't find this it's almost (laughs) always there unless you literally forgot that that was something that people need access to what are the first things and matt i'm gonna ask you to reach way back in the way back (laughs) machine to when you were a consultant did you get questions about this? And what are the what are things that you used to tell customers like post launch? You got to remember to do this. Mm. I think you know the biggest thing for me uh, post launch and um, something that actually it, it can be very easy to lose sight of. You kind of get into this mode of designing the perfect intranet and it's going to solve all these problems. And it can be very easy when you're in that mode to forget that at the end of the day the technology that we're producing is to serve our employees and you know that hence the the rise of the phrase the employee experience platform you know because that's you know ultimately a big part of what you're doing is shaping the digital employee experience you know that central hub for their day-to-day activity and i think the the key uh you know after launch activity that should be engaged minute one post launch is feedback cycles. Um, yeah. Be really surprised how uh, frequently, you know, you'd be saying, "So how are you going to find out whether or not people like it?" Yeah. Oh, we should do that. 
Definitely. <laughs> definitely do that. Definitely yes, do that. Yes, like, absolutely. You know, because like Sonika said, there'll be small things like maybe your navigation isn't quite landing correctly for one audience or mm-hmm. the homepage just kind of isn't getting the right news to the right people or whatever that that kind of minor thing is. And normally it's, it's very quick fixes as well. And, yeah. and, you know, you just need a very simple mechanism. So anybody out there who is listening to the podcast right now <laughs> and your internet has been live for 20 years or been live for five minutes, make sure you've got a really prominent internet feedback form and start the feedback yeah. cycle. Work Absolutely. out how you're going to get the feedback in and how you're going to communicate back to the audience about what you've heard and how you act, you'll act on mm-hmm. it. You know, post, you know, internet go live, crucial absolutely crucial good one yeah. good one caitlin what's one of the things that again reach way back in the way back machine <laughs> what was something you always told them uh to do post-launch one thing two things if you really want to be an overachiever <laughs> i get mean your, get the yeah. gold star <laughs> the feed the feedback loop I mean, matt took my stole my thunder of what the feedback He's loop quick, is something yeah. i always um winner winner <laughs> yeah um, <laughs> Yeah, uh, no, the feedback loop is something I always encourage, like, um, and then also, like, I mean, I know Sneak has mentioned it a few times, too, but, like, I mean, live checking the the met, um, the the metrics and the engagement numbers, because honestly, sometimes, not often, but sometimes, like, you'd see numbers that were really unexpected, like, if it was trending lower, it's like, hey, did we, normally this is always checked, right, you're making sure everybody has, like, access and everything, but, like, this isn't what we expected. And then all of a sudden you'll realize maybe we need to make a quick configuration change or um, uh, make sure people have proper access and that they know where it's available on different devices and locations and wherever. But um, that was something I always recommended too. Like have a, because we have the ability to do literally live tracking of data, yeah. um, make sure you have somebody monitoring that. The other thing is feedback forms, super powerful. Um, I also always said, like, run a social campaign, you know, if you're using hmm. Unilink Social, have an ask me anything during the day so that people can feedback. More often than not, it was, oh, my God, this is amazing. But you would get really good constructive yeah. feedback, too. So I always said, if you have if you have the capacity, which you should, you know, have your war room ready, which most customers did. They had their, <laughs> like, launch week war room. And, um, you know, they'd have people live monitoring social channels, too, so that they could they could say, like, look how quick I made this change. Um, yeah. for based on your feedback. So before I ask you, and Tanika, you kind of hinted around it, but I'm going to ask you again. But before <laughs> I do that, what's um, amazing to me is, again, so much of this is is probably different than what a lot of our customers are used to hearing because, again, they're used to, like, it's custom, it's on-premise. They get so bogged down in the just like day to day keeping the lights on. They can never, ever, ever even consider things like this, which are sound. And I remember telling customers this and they're like, well, when do I have, when am I going to have time to do that? And I'm like, trust me, you're going to have a lot of time now. And this is your opportunity <laughs> to like do something with it. I'll tell you mine and then I'll ask Anika what yours is because I don't want you to steal my thunder because uh, I have oh, a feeling about Caitlin you. Caitlin stole a few of mine, but go ahead. Oh, Sorry. you see <laughs> that? <laughs> We're all swiping. <laughs> <laughs> the 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 one that i tell people post-launch is most critical and you you kind of said it's anika is like 
produce content at regular intervals. Because I can't tell you how many times in the old days where they would do all this work and create out all this content and the, the information architecture would be all in place and they'd launch it and then they wouldn't touch it for a month. Mm. Yeah. It would just Absolutely. sit there. And one of my first pieces of advice, if not the main piece of advice I gave them was like, you should have a plan day two to do something really dramatic on your homepage to let people know this is a new world order and things are going to be updated frequently. So move something from the left side of the screen to the right side of the screen just to elicit a reaction. You're stealing right? all my stuff. You're stealing my stuff. I know, stuff. no. That's why I did it because I could see. I could see. Book ahead. What were you going to say? No, I was going to. No, um, no, I think everything you said is right. Absolutely. And Caitlin and uh, Matt made really good points because that's what I tell clients. After launch, my next question is what's next? How are we going to keep on evolving? What's next? How are we implementing fe- features? What we need to continually continuously like you know be feeding your audience intriguing features intriguing content like you said move the page around like i I say like a beautiful site is only beautiful but for so long like you know uh, (laughs) like you know it's that's a a really good point it is a beautiful site is great and i loved it at launch and all of the fanfare that came with it but how is this going to be valuable right are you going to give me new apps and tools are you going to give me a new feature so after launch my initial thing is what's next let's start building a roadmap let's build out the next few quarters so that the end user has no idea all the amazing things you have to offer because one like you know what i mean um a csm on our team always has like this great analogy that you know launch is when the child is born it's when the work really starts you know um it's not um the end of the road it's actually the starting point so once we they know that you need to continuously you know be implementing new features in addition to content right not only um not just features and content, but we want to think widgets and visual um, components. And back to the social campaign, I think during 2020, I saw some of the most, the best social campaigns I think I've seen in a long time, from talent shows to recipes, the level of engagement that was happening and seeing people's culture really come into a digital space was really nice. I think that's it, right? I think right there is, is a big part of it, which is there's a mindset change and it's required because the technology is where it is. Um, but that mindset change really is you don't, you know, nowadays, if you're buying these kind of employee experience platforms, you're not buying a point in time solution. You are buying something which is going to evolve with your organization. And that's a really good thing because it's going to rise to meet the challenges of tomorrow that maybe you haven't foreseen today. And I think that mindset change that you know, if I could encourage intranet managers and internal communicators who own their intranets to to think about is to, you know, never be satisfied with what you've got now. Always be iterating, always be looking for the next thing, the next, uh, the next little cherry on top of the cake that's going to drive engagement with your people that little bit higher, make the digital experience for your employees that little bit sweeter, you know, um, that, that, really it is it's it's always iterating and i i I love it you know it's a fast-paced it's a fast-paced environment but it's uh it's awesome okay so i want concrete examples 
and we don't have to name mm. names, but I want you to, again, reach deep into that, that well of knowledge. Pull something from the deep recesses of your, of your memory and brain. <laughs> What's an example, or again, if you want that gold star like Caitlin's always shooting for, two examples. Uh, <laughs> I'm teasing, of course. Leaderboards. Leaderboards. It's my life. Kate, Caitlin you know? is one of the single most competitive people I have ever <laughs> met. In my life, so and it's you, not yeah. obvious at first, and then like it sneaks through, and she's like, "I'm gonna get number one on that." And you're like, "Wait, what?" Could <laughs> you imagine that? how excited I was that I was above the leaderboard on her? I was like, <laughs> "I know. know." I get a lot of shady <laughs> outreach from people being like, "Did you see this?" Like, <laughs> 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 yes, of course I've seen it. I live monitor it. She live monitors her. Anyways, her anyways, back to um, the topic at hand. <laughs> what? What? What has been one? And again, you can you can change names to protect the innocent of customers. Yeah. What's an example of a customer or prospect that you've seen or heard about where post go live they've done something really good um, to kind of keep it fresh, or where they've demonstrated an ability to do like Matt said, evolve rapidly um, as they go along? Because I I have a couple. Um, but I don't think I can mention them by name, so I'll just give the examples. But I'm curious: does anyone have one that they can name? I guess is the question. And if you mm. don't know, that's fine. We'll name them and then we'll edit it out. We'll put a black bar over your mouth and bleep you. <laughs> so say their name once. Does anyone want to go first? <laughs> no one wants this. This is the third rail. <laughs> They're all third. Um, a good. I don't know if I can name them, but I'm gonna name them and yeah, <laughs> beat me. Um, I think does a good job at that um, when yeah. it comes to branding and you know reinventing their site um, every time we have a new feature you see it reflected and not on their homepage but they definitely make sure that it's implemented in the social features right they have social on the homepage they have it um, very prominent in the navigation but they are constantly adding new reactions. They're changing the archive pages. They're creating new pages for like initiatives and things and using new widgets, right? So where they know the homepage requires additional executive leadership and there's an entire change management system around the homepage. But what they're doing is if there's an initiative that comes up or an objective in the organization, they create a brand new site page for that using totally new features, all new widgets and they go, Oh my God, how did you guys do that so quickly? We just suggested that in the social feed yesterday. How did you guys spin that up so quickly? You know? And I think that does a great job. Good one. Good one. Matt, you, you're smiling. Yeah. Go for it. I've got a story. And it's, um, do you know, it's not even um, my customer, but like, whatever. <laughs> Sharing the story anyway. <laughs> um, but it, um, I'm not sure if I'm allowed to name them. Well, anyway, this customer client, B. Uh, yeah, customer B, <clears throat> uh, <laughs> and they work in the aviation industry, and um, they basically took the homepage, the communications homepage that they had done before. Their their internet homepage was focused on delivering um, bite sized communication articles, and then we rolled out the new kind of comms homepage feature, which I know you guys be aware of, which is basically like designed to, you know, present content in more intuitive ways and rank content based upon what was most popular, for example, and things like that, kind of giving you more of that Netflix-like experience for your internal communications. And they adopted that like in a heartbeat, like really quickly, like snapped that up, rolled it out and like 
and it all happened pretty quickly. So uh, that's a really like a really good one for me. Just given that the homepage is often in the intranet world seen as a very sacred piece of real estate, which is uh, you know <laughs> needs to go through lots of uh, approvals before uh, you know radical change is made. But yeah, straight on it, adopt that, popped it in. It was good. It's uh, you know it just showed that they were always trying to push the boundaries of the experiences they delivered. So yeah. it's a good one. That's fair. Caitlin, and, anything yeah, that an, comes to mind? An example, I won't name them. I'm not sure they would um, want to be named. It, it's a large, I'll give you just a, a background on the company. It's, it's a large, 40,000 people, multinational um, retailer. Um, sure. Not not including any of the, it, it's not what you already, that I'm referencing <laughs> since you already mentioned them. Um, but they were super, super hesitant about launching a social intranet. Um, they had had previous issues with mm. that. So their launch plans did not include, um, you know, social, which which I strongly recommended against because so much of what we're trying to do and what the technology we provide is increasing the two-way communications and helping people network. And um, they quickly adapted, especially with some of the iterations we made in our own internal, you know, social feature um, to, to better monitor social uh social threads going on but um once they got sign off from legal which it had to go through a, a review process which is totally yeah. expected and fine um they decided you know i think it's time to introduce commenting and reacting uh, or rea they started with reactions yeah. and then introduced commenting and then <laughs> introduced an all conversations page which there's another client we work with um as well who did the same thing they don't have an all conversations experience but they had the commenting and i always i just think because of the way that we work uh the, uh, the way that we use like our um i'll say consumer like social media if that's the right yeah. word right. <laughs> to use um like we we expect that and like that i want to be able to comment and react to stories and share them but i, I want like an an all-up feed A to feed, see yeah. what's going on yeah um so i so that was a, an iteration they were able to make pretty quickly though because the the while they as a team had decided this is going to be too complicated from our, with our internal policies they quickly saw a need um and an engagement level on the, the commenting and reacting to content Yes. So that there was a need to to promote that further and kind of like iterate on the experience that they were providing. Post that's quite yeah. big. That's quite big, right? The employee voice thing and kind of just mm -hmm. rolling that out. That's not yeah. like a, that's quite big, big change. Yeah. To, the theme there again, though, is... graduation. It is. And the theme there is the technology isn't what's holding you back. It's the internal policies, the nervousness, the emotional um component of it i i used to say that outside of microsoft outlook the internet is the most visible piece of technology in an organization right because if your outlook goes down or your email client goes down oh my god you are in trouble and i said yeah. but a close second is the internet it's mm -hmm. it's you know again once upon a time i i ran an internet um, not an, I ran an internet, I was a consultant and we stood up one for an organization and they ran their operations through their internet and there was an outage. It was on-prem. Okay. And there was an outage. They were a garbage hauler and they did all their weighing of the trucks and the interface with that application via their internet. It was a weight kind of, um, system they put on their internet homepage and guess what? Internet went out at the middle of the night when garbage haulers are coming back and getting weighed and the whole, they said they had a backup of trucks for two miles. 
Um, wow. <laughs> that's crazy. And they couldn't man. get garbage. Could you imagine living on that route where the trucks were lined up? <laughs> two miles to of get garbage. It? Yeah, I mean, look, I question. <laughs> yeah, two miles like, of garbage. Yikes. <laughs> that's a bad day for everyone on that street. It's like the ship. It's like full circle. The ship. Uh, I was just going to say that. Back, the, back to the ship. That is how you round off a podcast. This <laughs> that, that, folks. The that, ship. folks. <laughs> Is the how you do it. That's how you how you ship bring with it full a circle. Yeah, uh, careful how you misspell things. Um, no, that that's that's exactly right. I'll give I'll give my example, and then um, we'll we'll do um, we'll talk about a couple more things uh, as as we start to to wind down. Um, I was with a customer, and it's funny because I wasn't on the CSM side, so I didn't get to follow them and stick with them, right? But I remember I onboarded this customer. Uh, we had great chemistry. I really hope we get them on the podcast. They're wonderful people. They crack me up. Um, and they had their IT team very heavily involved alongside comms. And those teams were thick as thieves. They were friendly. They got along. There was no, yeah, it was wonderful. Like they just worked well together. They loved joking uh at each other's expense and and as a result you could tell they just worked well together and they had a thing where they're like yeah we're gonna do a lot of custom development on the platform and i was like okay you know that that's a thing go for it right you know i I showed them what you can do i gave a couple lessons and i said you know godspeed it's been fun i'll talk to you later well i came back i want to say six six months later maybe I don't know the exact timeline. I, I say six months for everything. Who knows what time is anymore? <laughs> you know, three years later. <laughs> <laughs> right, three years later. And they literally had done a ton of development work. And I think they had a pace set out where they were doing like one and a half. Their pace was one and a half widgets a month pumping out new things. Now, that doesn't sound that impressive. But you think when you're two years down the line and you multiply 24 times one and a half, someone please help me desperately. Is that 36? I think it is. Yeah. Yeah. Nailed it. Got that. <laughs> Mental math comes to the rescue. They had like it was like close to thirty six widgets that at the built. end of two years. And now you don't need to do custom development, but their whole thing was like, well, we pumped out these widgets because we wanted to bring really sophisticated, advanced um, changes to the platform, and we wanted to do it on a schedule so people saw that we were making progress. And they had that built into like their strategic plan. We're gonna hit. We have these goals. They're modest. Um, they thought they were modest. I was like, you guys are wild. But they were like, yeah, a lot of the a lot of the stuff we used to spend our time on, we don't have to worry about it anymore. So we can focus on these big strategic things that we think are small improvements that that deliver a lot. Um, and that one, I was just I was so impressed because. They came to that conclusion without me giving them my sagely advice. And it shows you, like, they don't need me, is what I'm saying. <laughs> they needed me more. But You're um, getting in the way. <laughs> I, I really am. I really am just always, always, always in the way. Okay. Um, so on that note, um, I, I just want to do a quick wrap-up. Um Sanika, thank you so much for joining us. This was a lot of fun. Uh, hopefully you'll come back and you'll teach us more about the dark arts of customer, customer success managers. And, <laughs> and we'll talk analytics. Analytics is one of Caitlin's favorite things. I know you deal with it heavily. I, I want to go yes. deep on that topic yes. alone. Give it its own name, Caitlin. Caitlin's being very modest. And goes, <laughs> That's I'm my so thing. excited. So I know. Excited. I, I'm an analytics nerd myself. So I'm like, bring it on. I mean, second exactly. to customer success. I'll tell you the data. 
Yes, data. <laughs> well, we'll we'll go deep on analytics. That's the whole yeah. point, right? Is that you can't just kind of talk about it in passing without going deep. So yeah. um, we'll deal with that. Um, but anything anything you have coming up? You have a vacation or anything coming up, Sanika? I think I you do, do. I do. I'm out next week for the first time in a long time, and I'm really looking forward to it. I'm actually not going anywhere. I'm just gonna None explore. Of us are. <laughs> I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm actually gonna explore Long Island, so I'm looking forward to that because I really haven't done that. I'm, you know, I'm a city girl. Long <laughs> Island is from a Brooklyn. place in New York for those who don't uh, yes, know. Yes, yes, it is. <laughs> I mean, I, I, <laughs> oh, I guess people outside shouldn't actually. I shouldn't assume yeah, outside the U.S. Yes. You probably wouldn't. It's know such a New yeah. York yes. thing. Like, it is a New York thing, and I was raised in the city, so Long Island is like. Kind of suburbia, but I yeah, have I was loved say, it. Long Island is the country. For, it is, for but I have <laughs> fell in love with it. it. I have fell in love with um, the country. And so next week, I'm going to take some time to explore about with the girls. So Well excited. deserved. Enjoy it. And all the beautiful Thanks. beaches. Too. Yeah, yes. got some good ones. Yes. Matt, what do you, what do you got planned? Uh, it's 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 going to be you know April already, and uh, we got to nice. start enjoying some some time to ourselves. What anything coming up? I actually have a two day week next week. I'm only in Monday and Tuesday. Lovely, and I'm taking a solid week off for Easter. Um, and like Sneaker, I will be doing very little. But Gar- it's gardening. Be all the same. Maybe, maybe my roses are you know looking real good at the moment. You know, so fingers crossed we'll start to start to see those coming through soon. But yeah, I will need to do a little bit. The garden's a bit of a mess. But, you know, I'm just going to take it easy. You know, even though you can't go away and do anything, we do all still need to take that time for ourselves. It's, uh, you know, strenuous times all round. So I'm going to yeah. enjoy a little bit of downtime. It's going to be good. Well earned, well earned. Enjoy, enjoy. Uh, if you do get out the garden, enjoy it. Matt is uh, has beautiful roses. He shared, he shared the pictures prior. <laughs> yeah, well, that'll be my podcast footage in the next one. Like, Perfect. Yeah, bring a little bit Perfect. of footage. <laughs> Kaylin, anything uh, for you? Well, other than booking, vac- I mean, I have. I think I mentioned I have six weddings this year Ooh. that I've, Ooh. I've told everyone about because I'm like. Oh my god! I mean, from from a year of isolation to six weddings, like is a lot. Um, but I will. I have near term vacation planned for those. But I have nothing interesting happening in the next week of my life. So that makes me sad. That makes me sad. I'll tell you what. Get a library card. Get a library card or watch house. There's people you here know? to help you find uh, something to, to keep you entertained. That's right. Uh, oh, awesome. Uh, well, look, watch I hope house. you do fun. Watch some house. Watch, do anything. Does anyone want to hang out with me on the internet? <laughs> <laughs> Let's okay. talk well, intranets. Yeah. Sit with me and talk interesting intranets. <laughs> Are we doing an, intra- an intranet dating podcast? Oh. Oh. I, I, how about an intranet speed dating? Oh, Widget you in and out. Whoosh. 
maybe maybe, <laughs> maybe you randomize the profile page you so new it's called that was my space and that's where we'll leave it yeah. exactly uh thank you all for joining again if you're out there in the universe please make sure you're liking and subscribing uh either to the youtube channel and videos there or uh catching us on your favorite uh podcast app uh we're on spotify we're on uh, google we're on apple you name it um we're there we we'd love to have you join us uh again uh and we'll see you later thank you <laughs>